Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does the clothing choice of managers and coaches within the world of sport have an impact on how their teams perform during competition? It's an interesting question, one that's posed in a great article by Maria Matlin, image consultant from House of Colour. She has unearthed a study that discovered very interesting facts about tracksuit versus suit wearing managers. And she's going to delve into this further with us now. She's on the line. How are you doing, Maria? Hi, Sinead. Good afternoon. I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. Now, this is fascinating for somebody like myself that hasn't a notion or interest in sport, first of all. I found this truly enthralling to read this. Tell me, you know, what you've discovered, first of all, regarding the clothing choices of managers and what prompted this research in the first place? Well, the prompt in the research was a conversation between my husband and my brother as we were travelling south during the Euros. And it was during the First round, I don't think we'd even come to the quarterfinals. And they were talking about the the managers on the sideline and what they were wearing. And I thought it was fascinating that, first of all, they noticed. And second of all, they had enough to say about it. So I decided I'd write a blog on it. If they were interested in it, maybe other people were too. So I wrote a blog on it. And I unearthed some interesting research. You have. <laughs> yeah, and I began to take an interest in it as well. It, it, it was It's funny. And the two teams that I wrote most about in my blog way before the finals were actually the two that turned up in the finals. <gasps> I don't know what that says. but that's, that's Well, Maria, I'm predicting the next time that there's some sort of sporting competition <laughs> yeah. that myself and yourself should team up, have a look at what they're wearing, then place our bets on, yeah, on exactly. it might be, might be successful. Yeah. But tell me about this study because you unearthed a study, it's regarding tracksuit wearing uh, managers versus suit wearing managers and it focused on the French professional football managers specifically, Yes. Yes, and the study, the research was done and the study found that there were three broad wardrobe choices for the managers of football teams. The first was the professional boss, so they wore a business suit, like a CEO would wear or, you know, a a top class leader in an organisation would wear a suit, professional suit. The second one were the tracksuit warrior and that was what Rob Page, who's the manager of the Welsh team, was wearing throughout the entire tournament at the Euros. He was wearing a tracksuit. Um, and, and then there was the middle ground, the smart casual, the project leader sort of appearance. And the French manager, Didier, Didier Deschamps, was, was like that. He had an open neck shirt. He wore a jacket, but he really had a, he didn't ever wear a tie. Um, and so there, was, there were three broad choices. The other piece of research that I found, there was another study which discovered that tracksuit wearing managers were the ones who narrowly beat teams run by men in suits. 
That is fascinating, isn't it? Yes. Because that didn't turn out to be the way it happened in the Euros because it was the two really suited and booted managers who ended up in the finals. The, the, The Italian manager, Mancini, who was Roberto Mancini, who took a lot of pains in his presence. I mean, his suit was by Armani, the entire... His entire coaching team, his 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 team around him, not the football players, but the team of physiotherapists, yeah. all of those were all in Armani suits. Wow! His his was a step above theirs because he had a collar on his jacket. His other team members had similar jackets, but without the collar. So there, he was asserting his authority as the leader. Because the more detail you have in the clothes, the more authority you have. You, oh, and and as you say, you know, your, your your husband and brother, they were the ones that were commenting on this. So they had noticed this straight away. Yes, they had. And and the the other manager who made an impression was Gareth Southgate. And he made an impression the last time his team were at the World Cup in 2018. He was wearing a waistcoat. That World Cup was held. I can't remember. It was somewhere very hot. I think it might have been the Middle East. I can't remember where it was, but he, it was somewhere very hot. And then rather than wearing a jacket, he wore a waistcoat because it's very similar. You can yeah. still have an authoritative presence. But And the sales of waistcoats rose sharply that season because of him. He had an influence on waistcoat-wearing oh. men. Um, this time he decided, and he made a very, a very conscious decision that the waistcoat downplayed his, his, the seriousness of the job in hand and he chose to wear a jacket. Um, and that was a very conscious decision he made. And it was very clever because it was an awareness of how his attire speaks and creates an impression. And that, those two were the two that ended up in the final. Now, I don't know whether their sartorial choices had anything yes. to do with that. I suspect not. But they were slick. The Italian team, the whole, you know, it was all very slick. As was the English team. They were very slick and they were very composed. Yes, and you see, the thing is, you know, what is this saying even to the other teams? Like, say if you see the Italian troupe, you know, of managers and physiotherapists and everything else, suited and booted, looking the same versus another side that are in tracksuits. Like, I I would imagine. Yeah, it's completely intimidating. Yes. Yeah, I'd say it is. Psyching them out before the match. Love it. Yeah, when, when the match began, Mancini had the blazer off, sleeves rolled up. You know, there's work to be done. Literally and metaphorically, he, what he was saying is there's work to be done. Yeah. Um, and so there was something in that too. Now, the other thing my husband noticed, which was quite funny, was that the Danish manager, Kasper Kuhmand, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he had a hole under his arm on his jumper or top. And every time he gesticulated to his team, that was noticeable. Now, my husband noticed that and I, I thought that was interesting. And was he wearing um, this shirt the whole time? For a lot of the matches, yeah. he was, yes. But there okay. was a whole dialogue about that team because of Christian Eriksen, who had the heart attack and how the team rallied around and they were very sympathetic and there was massive empathy and there was a lovely emotion there. And, you know, I'm wondering whether this, the Danish manager had more, was more, was thinking more about his team, mm. he was vested more in his team than he was in his image. I don't know. I mean, it, it was just, I, I just put it's unusual. I don't know the answer, yes. Yeah, and the, the point of this really and the and the kind of interesting thing, thing that people need to take away and which is what you are all about, Maria, is that your clothing is making an impression. What do you want to communicate is the thing about yeah. yourself through what you're wearing. And we can see yeah. these examples so, so clearly with the different yeah. football managers. Now, listen, we maybe we should have a chat about the Irish football team. <laughs> you know, is Please it... Please don't th- ask me because I don't know anything about them. <laughs> well, is it like, is it then, are they not 
dressing for success, Maria? Is this the problem? <laughs> I don't know, but if you watch the pundits, you know the, the people who sit on the Sunday game. Yes. All of them. All of them are suited and booted. Yeah. All of them. But yeah. they're on there. And so I, what does that say? I don't know. What the, the point of this was, as you say, you need to think about the statement you're making because people will will remark on it or they'll get something from it or they'll perceive you in a particular way and we don't think it's important, but actually it is. It is vitally take important. Time, take the time to think about the statement you're making. Yeah, take if the these guys the can think about it, going, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it brings yeah. me nicely because each time you're on, we have a little history lesson and it brings me nicely to the history of the tracksuit. What can you tell me about this? Uh, where, where does it originate from? It originates from... Um, it actually, the first one is understood to have happened in 1939. French sports company Le Coq Sportif created what was then called the Sunday suit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but really, it didn't really come into wear, regular wear, until the late 60s, when a little company called Adidas, you may have heard of them. I do, yeah. <laughs> created their first piece of apparel, and it was a tracksuit, which was released in collaboration with German football star Franz Beckenbauer. I, I remember the name. I I, he was around in the 60s. I'm showing my age here. But it was the tracksuit with the three iconic stripes on the side, on the tracksuit material. Um, and that was the first one that was really a collaboration. Of, it was a cultural phenomenon and it was uh, the first commercial collaboration between a sports star and a, an apparel company. I remember Mary Peters in the 1972 Olympics. She was triathlon, pentathlon, pentathlon. She was pentathlon. And I remember her standing on the uh, podium, getting her medal, wearing a tracksuit. The same year, I was at, represented Monaghan in the community games, ever community games, and I was in the under eights. And I had, we were given brown tracksuits with a three stripes down the side and they had stirrups on the legs. Do you remember those that you put under your feet? Yes, yes. Didn't the, 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 the ski pants yes. had them as well? There was another yes. thing, ski pants. Yes. yes oh God, exactly. Maria, I remember them well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And I remember those and it was the first polyester piece of clothing that I owned. We didn't own them. We were, we, you know, we were given them and then yes. we had to give them back. But I just remember when they were washed, they were never wet. They were almost already dry. Yeah. And that was part of the technology because you needed them to dry very quickly because you needed to put them on. They were they were really used for before and after sport. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like you say, my introduction to the tracksuit, that was the shell tracksuit. Remember the shell tracksuit yeah. in the 80s, early 90s? Yeah. Now, of yeah. course, the tracksuit's back in fo- focus, not just because of the Euros, but Olympics are coming up as well. So it's, yeah. uh, and of course, people have embraced the tracksuit during lockdown. So there's yeah. a resurgence really in this type of clothing. There is a resurgence. It's It's comfortable. Um, it's the garment of the resting competitor, someone who's waiting in the wings, but it's also something that's it's very comfortable. It's cozy. You can it's elasticated. Um, it, it takes account of all body shapes. You don't need to be you don't need to fit into it because it will fit around you. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, but it has it, it also was during the 80s the sim- symbolic of the disenfranchised and was often the subject of society's contempt for the working class. You know, it it did go through a period of real snobbery. And if, I don't know if you remember Little Britain, there was a... Yes. Um, there was Tracy in her tracksuit. Um, so it, it it still sometimes becomes... It, it's it's always used as a scapegoat. It's seen yeah. by people who are hanging around or waiting or working class, you know, and it's it's really not. It's, it's actually become 
mainstream fashion now, very much so. Oh, very much so. You walk down the street and yeah, yeah, people are people are in them. They're either in the top part of it or they're wearing shorts with it or something like that. Absolutely. Um, Now, before we finish, we are in the midst of a heat wave. Many of us heading to the beach. But let me tell you, finding the correct beach wear, this is tricky at the best of times. So what are the best styles, say, for somebody who is a larger or plus size shape, but wants to look good in the beach? Okay, let me start by saying. First of all, there's nothing more appealing and attractive than somebody who is comfortable in their own skin and relaxed in what they wear, regardless of their body shape. That's, that's the most important thing. You see, this is why I invite you on the show. I just <laughs> love that. <laughs> it's so important because the images we see are either doctored or edited or photoshopped. And so we're all trying to be something that doesn't exist. And that's, it's really important. Right. So the second thing I need to say is the worst time to go looking for a swimsuit is in the middle of a heat wave. Because they're sold out Back to your question. At the moment, the technology in the design and the technology in the fabrics is there such that there is support, there's sculpting, there's enhancing for every body shape. You just need to know what to look for. So for large busted, you need support and coverage. Wide set straps are better. Yep. And adjustable if possible. Crossover one piece is super, super flattering because that gives a V-neck, which is super flattering and large bust. Most swimsuits, one piece particularly, have a stomach enhancing or stomach support or sculpting. Oh, you see, this is my friend. Yeah. 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 And And the technology is there. There has never been such a wide range, which is good, but it also means it's quite overwhelming to find the right one for you. So you kind of, is the best thing to kind of just give it a bit of a stretch in the shop, you know, and check for those kind of things? Yes, yes. Okay. And they're, they're, they're pretty much all stretched they, and a lot of them have support. You'll see it on the label. They're, they're described as body sculpting or enhancing or um, support, but support for a large bus is really important. Perfect. And what about women, say, that wouldn't maybe be as, as top okay, heavy? You're yeah. talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what you do with that is you halter necks, really, really good. Triangle tops, really, really good. Add the details like ruffles, a lightly padded bra to enhance a one shoulder. So you're taking the eye somewhere else. Okay. You add the details where you don't have them. Big okay. hips is the same. You add fun details to the top, like ruffles in the pattern. Keep the bottom simple in color and high cut. Or do a one piece. Some one pieces are different colour top and bottom. Okay, very good. So you're drawing that eye away. It's all about oh, yeah. that and kind of figuring it's out what, what shape yeah, yeah. Is, 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 is working for you. Maria, yeah. as always, thank you for providing such interesting discussion. I will never look at a football manager the same as after that chat. Thank you for joining me on the show. We will speak again next month. I'm off into my hammock, Sinead. Oh. one of those two. <laughs> very good. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. a million. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, if people want to get in touch with Maria, by the way, she is available. She is for style consultation. Uh, Maria.Macklin at houseofcolour.com. That's where you can get her details. She's all over social media as well at Unlocking Your Style. 11 to 1 on LMFM. Subtle results. Still you. 
but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.